I genuinely thought we were just starting recording. I thought I was about to shout, what are you guys talking about? Not clap. Why? Were we, were we, are we preparing for another episode of, what are you guys talking about? Oh, I love the segue. What are you guys talking about? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What Are You Guys Talking About? So, we are on Friday night. It's a bit later than expected because I'm pre-producing a one-minute short film, which I have turned into... You know, everything's an opus with me. It's because I like making film, but man, I I overcomplicate things, so... We were talking a bit of pre-production. Yeah. I've got another pre-production <laughs> meeting tomorrow for my one-minute short. Again, two pre-production meetings for a one-minute short. But um, we are now started today. We're going to be talking about episode four of The Mandalorian entitled Sanctuary. And um, yeah. yeah, I really like this one, Ed. How about you? Um, I had some issues with it um, the first time I saw it. Uh the second time I I did enjoy it and I was able to enjoy it more. But I think I was on a on a very big high from episode three. And uh this uh kind of leveled things off a little bit. Because you need that, right? You need that like peaks and troughs yes, in, a, yes. in we'll, a story. We'll talk about that in a minute. Another shout out to Eddie. Eddie texted me uh yesterday, I think it was, or the day before, to watch the is it called Disney Gallery? On the yeah, directors. The now, I haven't watched the entire series, and if you haven't watched the entire series, you shouldn't watch the whole thing because at the end they start talking about the later episodes. But I'm telling you, like, Eddie just brought it up because I had been talking about, like, the hand selection of these directors. And lo and behold, John Favreau, my awesomest guy in the world, I love you, man. You're so cool. He does exactly what I wanted him to do and basically sits down all his directors, explains exactly how he picked them and why he picked them. And I was like, you know what? That's vindication that just it felt good at it felt really good i was like yeah. here he's doing the thing i asked him to do and he didn't even know i asked for it yeah the thing that we asked him to do but i'm oh, sorry know, sorry yeah, ed too right. ed too you have to remember everything's <laughs> all about me ed all the time okay yes i do seem to remember. jim to your marlin perkins buddy anyways so before we get too far remember the brass tacks folks we want you to like subscribe comment put us together somewhere we're on soundcloud we're on podbean man i just downloaded the podbean app and they send me something every five seconds so man you should be on it too because it's a great little podcasting app i guess yeah i mean apple podcast podbean and then uh and and and, and not spotify uh soundcloud you know they're all kind of the same to me i actually use Mm. and i i still have yet to put us on it this other one called i'm just looking at my phone now to see what it's called uh player fm that's the one i use to listen to and i haven't you know it's funny i've been really out of touch with my podcast because my podcast used to be part of my commute so it's an easy way to kill an hour on the train um and god knows and and the way things are going now i may never have to commute like that at least not for any reasonable amount of time so i've got to get into another habit of listening to podcasts and may start doing it while i exercise Today I went for a walk and uh, I, I, you know, off, usually I'm going for a walk with, with my mother, um, but uh, I went on a walk on my own kind of on purpose because I just wanted to listen to a podcast because I hadn't listened to one in a really long time. No, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, the way things are changing and, and it, it is all very surreal. You know, 1984 is alive and well now, folks. Are you, are you, ex- exists. Are you excited for it? Um, Am I excited for the, the, the this the, is my directing debut. I know. The last time I was the actor, if you remember, I That's wrote the right. story and acted in it. This time I'm acting, directing, putting my daughter in it, making yeah. my wife hold the camera. Like I am just a producer <laughs> gone mad right now. Mad with power. That's right. Uh, and the worst it's, thing it's, is I'm finding gonna, out my no, wife. It's, it's going to be interesting my, because uh, you're going to feel a lot of my pain. Uh, so in many ways, I'm, I'm happy for you. And I also uh, wish you luck. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't know. I guess it's it's a good point to bring up just as a side note again. But expectations. Like, I don't have expectations about this because I'm a 37-year-old filmmaker. So, and it's being <laughs> shot at the moment on my Pixel and my wife's iPhone 10. So, I'm sure it's going to come back and look quite janky at the end of the day. But... I, you know, as I said, take a look at the shots I sent you, mate. I, I, you know, I can live and die by what I see on my, my camera phone at the that's moment. Cool, and man. if that's how it comes out, then I think I'll be all right. Then Follow I'll be all right. So Follow your vision. That's, that's pretty much where I'm at with it. I think it's a simple story. It'll work well. It, the, the hardest part I've got is it's going to be a minute long. So the way yeah. I've written it, it could, it could have easily been expanded into a three to five minute. That might happen. If, if I like it enough, then I may go back and reshoot it, you know, as a better way. But this one is just to, to make the, the, 
boys at Hex Media happy and to put it on their YouTube channel with uh, probably thousands of other people that have done this as well. But um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, cool, man. And yeah, it's it's why I do film. I I the process of it. It's it, it's been inspiring enough that even my wife, who generally stays away from my hobbies like the plague, um, is has been very interested in this because she sees how I kind of buzz about and work on things, and it's just fun. It's just a lot of fun. So other ways you can get a hold of us: Facebook, we have the Love Victoria page, Edward Burgos, Jason Shiro, Instagram, and Nano LVP, or Jazzy J Shiro, Twitter at Mouth Love Victoria, or Ananoski Prod, or LinkedIn. There is a company page for Love Victoria Productions, or my own page, Jason Shiro, where you can learn all about the job I have in the insurance world as well. Okay, folks. So moving on to talking, let's start with a brief talk about new cast new crew mm-hmm. hmm. who would you like to bring up ed uh well um i would like to talk a little bit about the director of uh, this particular uh episode um, okay who is the director uh, her name is uh, bryce dallas howard um she's the eldest daughter of uh, ron howard and uh Wait, he, know, ha- he has more than one daughter yeah he has like uh, three three daughters and a son i think or something like that uh-huh. I did not know yeah. that. Um, and uh, she actually grew up around George Lucas and um, going to like lunches where her father would be meeting George Lucas and they'd be talking about Willow or sure. something, you know, because um, Ron Howard has quite a big connection with, uh, with Lucas. That's right. Amer- American graffiti and... Uh, then directing and stuff. Yeah, so you they're they're all part of an era together. You know, you have Lucas Spielberg and Howard, and, and probably Zemeckis could be put into that group as well. And they are all they all came up together. You know what I mean? They were all kind of the height of the eighties and family movies and yeah. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I I would say that kind of Spielberg, Coppola, and uh, uh, and and Lucas uh, are kind of the original film school. Filmmakers, I would, I would yeah, call them. Yeah, as I said, George Lucas has USC film schools named after him, so. And uh, then, yeah, I mean, um, Howard, you know, was an actor, and, and he acted in a bunch of movies. Uh, Zemeckis was kind of taken under Spielberg's wing when he was younger. So yep. they're kind of like the next generation. And it's just, it's interesting. But anyway, with regards to Bryce Dallas Howard, I think she's a very interesting choice. She's She's very young. She's best known as an actress i was just about to say that so i think if i remember her correctly mm-hmm. her first performance and it was a saving perfor- first performance i saw her and it was a saving mm-hmm. performance for the film was in the village i yeah. think she played the blind girl in the village that's right and when i saw her, i mean she's she's stunningly beautiful so that's part of the reason i remember her is because i remember being like who is this redhead mm-hmm. and then finding out later it was ron howard starter and i don't yeah. know why but it always makes you feel slightly dirty you're like oh i'm sorry <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, my bad. Sorry, Ron. And yeah. It's not like I know Ron Howard or anything like that no, or, or no, no, had any no. intentions with your daughter, Ron. So, no. you know what I mean? But, yeah, she's been in a lot of things. And, and I think her acting career has been hit or miss, to be honest, kind of over the years. But she's been in tons of big ones. Yeah, in a lot of kind of tempo franchises. Um, Correct. So after The Village, she was uh, in Lady in the Water, another M. Night film, which I kind yeah. of enjoyed. Uh, she also, amongst many other things, she was in Spider-Man, she was in Terminator, she was in the Twilight films, she was in Jurassic yep. Park films. Jurassic and, World, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, Black Mirror, um, uh, she was in, actually one of my favorite episodes of Black Mirror, it's called Nosedive from Series 3, uh, I, which I is s- the same one as, is the same season that uh, Sandra Pero is in. Yeah, that, that's still the, that's only, the only Black only Mirror I've yeah. ever actually seen. It's terrible because there's so many good ones and yeah. I've, I've just Sandra Pero. And the worst part is when I put on Black Mirror, I'm like, I'm going to watch Black Mirror. And I'm like, I'm going to watch San Junipero. <laughs> I just end up watching it again. It always makes me smile. Sometimes it makes me cry. Uh, but this is, uh, I mean, she's early on in her directing career. Um, and I think that uh, she's, she did a really good job, actually. Um, yeah. Rewatching this episode. Go on. 
Yeah, I, I think, and, and we'll talk about how this one is a bit different from the previous three that we've seen. I, I definitely agree with you there. I think it still fits the series really well, but, you know, we talked about it a lot when we did His Dark Materials. We kept talking about tonal shift. I almost thought about calling the title of the show tonal shift for the amount of times yeah. we said that. There was definitely a tonal shift at, at the, you know, at the outset of this this one. Um, very, it, it, very reminiscent of, like, X-Files, when X-Files decided to tell you, by the way, we're leaving the main plot for a second here and we're right. going to have some fun with something Side else quest. for a while. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, for a TV series, I think some series have forgotten how cool side quests can be. I mean, yeah. the one thing that you have a problem with, like, you know, at the moment, my wife and I are watching Mad Men, one of my favorite TV series of all time. Breaking mm-hmm. Bad was another one. But these series, as good as they are, they always keep driving the plot and driving mm-hmm. the plot. I think Mad Men has some some side bits within each episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like Breaking Bad was a perfect example of they never deviated from the main plot. It was always just in your face and, and that's cool to an extent but it's also quite intense and it's nice to have a show where you get to feel out the world a bit more yeah for sure so any other new cast or crew that, that you can think of uh yeah i mean in this one we meet uh gina carano who plays a yeah gina carano cara dune she's awesome um, yeah she's very very cool um she was actually one of the first announced uh, characters uh, or yeah, actors that I, I, were hired. It was interesting because I know her better for her mixed martial arts day because I believe right. she was in Strike Force. Uh-huh. So before UFC had women, there was Strike Force, and Strike uh-huh. Force was like the best female mixed martial artists. And I mean, it was insane to watch Showtime used to put on the shows. Uh-huh. And I mean, you could watch and these, these girls were just brutal. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, it was entertainment, but hardworking, all the kind of stuff you like to see in a good sport. So that's where I knew her name from. And then I saw her in this and I remember seeing her and then being like, I know that face from yeah. somewhere. I mean, and he, she was in Deadpool as well. I don't know if you've seen Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen the first one. I've seen yeah. the first one. Who did she play in that? Uh, she's kind of the bad guy's sidekick. That's right. The um, yeah, the the other girl, as yeah. it would be, because he has his love interest, and then there's this yeah. this badass chick that beats everybody up. That's right. Cool, cool. I th- and I think she does a great performance in this. You know what I mean? It's it's you know it's, yeah. her part's not very deep as it no. would be, but but it and is. She, uh, and she's there to do some ass kicking, and she's wicked at it. Yeah, it's, it almost goes back to what we were talking about, kind of having that superhero role from MCU. They've, they've inserted a, we'll talk about the plot in just a second here, but we, they've inserted a character that kind of, you know, is a superhero of some mm-hmm. kind. You know what I mean? Is is definitely, you know, the the, the, the fighting type, not the, not the uh, you know, the dramatic type. So, yeah, yeah. Bit, bit, so, so, yeah. So I think those are the two kind of entries that I remember. I don't, you know, there are some other characters. Do we know who played the, the female yeah, she's not a love interest per se, but right. she's the one who kind of gets some character development out of yeah. the Mandalorian. Do we know uh, who, who who that actress is? Yep. Uh, so her character's her character was called Omera, mm-hmm. and uh, the actress is uh, Julia Jones. Um, uh, and yeah, she did a fairly good job. But you're right; uh, it, it's it's a kind of minor character, and you you get that sense. You know, pretty straight yeah. Away. So I mean, we they set the tone. What they do right about this, you know, just setting off for the plot. So I would say within the first five minutes of this episode, you are basically shown and told that it's going to be a bit different from the other ones. Like yeah. I just, it has this feel right from the get go that we're going on an adventure together, and we're mm-hmm. not. It's not you know nearly as it almost kind of and I, and it's funny because it doesn't actually in in physical terms tone down the violence but it almost feels like right. this is going to be a bit more fun than what we were doing before yeah, you know or, or just you're right it's a tonal shift is just the best way to describe it i mean i'm sure that that's kind of going to be our go-to phrase once again yeah and i just i mean i really enjoyed it so what it you know as an overarching thing what it sets out for the series is the series is not going to be completely plot driven the entire way through even though what happens in this one is still plot driven to an extent so the you know the 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 adventure they have still has elements of it that are influenced by the you know the story arc that goes over this whole thing with the child Mm -hmm. however there's a the main story as it would be the a story is something different this time yeah for sure uh, and then there's one actor that I'd like to mention. Uh, okay. His name, his name is Eugene Cordero. Okay. And he plays a character called Stoke in this, in this uh, episode. Now, 
Okay. He is just one of the villagers. He's one of the guys who goes off to find um, the Mandalorian later on. Okay. But as soon as I saw him in the cold open, I was like, I, I recognize that guy. And seriously, uh-huh. for like about 15 minutes, I, all I could think of was, where do I know him from? Where do I know him from? And it was just the question of, uh, you know, he's, he's a character actor that's been in a lot of um, uh, like uh, comedies and stuff like that. Okay. And, uh, and it's just, I, I don't know why, I found it really, really funny. I, 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 I like his face, I guess. And he's, he's just one of those bit characters, huh? He yeah, just kind of... yeah, very much so. He's, he was very funny in a couple of things that I've seen him in. Um, uh-huh. and, and I just remembered him. It's almost like um, uh, Michael Pena, yeah, the, the, the actor from um, Ant-Man, right? That, that we both love. Yeah, he's, you know, like until, until you see him in Narcos, you might get the wrong impression about him. You know what I right. mean? Like, and, and it, it complete, you know, Narcos Mexico completely will change your view of Michael Pena. Yeah. And he's been in a couple other really dramatic stuff. He's yeah, a very yeah, good yeah. actor, but... For the longest time, he just played that Hispanic guy. Comedy guy. Although I did find out that he was in Crash, uh, the Oscar-nominated movie. That's right. Movie yeah, stuff, that's... that's which... I, I don't think I've ever actually seen that. That's all about, you know, coincidence and, and yeah. a kind of a racial discussion about coincidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, not... I'm, it's fine. But anyway, I just wanted to mention him because I like his face. Eugene Cordero. Yeah, right. doing, Eugene man. Cordero, we're, th- we're with you, man. Ed, yeah. Ed likes your face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get to talking about this plot a bit, Ed. What can yep. you tell us about the plot today? Uh, so the film, oh, sorry, the, the episode starts out with um, uh, village life. Um, it actually kind of reminded me a little bit of the Ewoks, the Ewok movies and stuff like that, in that you just see kind of normal people, you know, farming, and then there's a bandit attack. Um, oh, that's right. You, you know, and, and I said it takes about 10 seconds or what is it? 10 minutes for them to tell you this. The episode's going to be, you're right. Yeah. It's the opening scene that yeah, tells yeah, you the, the whole thing's going to be different. Yeah. yeah. yeah but, uh, uh, there is the, these kind of dog men. I didn't recognize the, uh, the race, uh, in Ooh. the Star Wars universe. Uh, Testing but, your knowledge, Ed. Yeah, man. Like deep cut. Um, uh, and they came along and they were stealing some blue shrimp, but I, I thought it was a good tension builder. I thought that, you know, that there was peril, you know, the, the Omera, this, this character is the kind of first one that we focus on and she's protecting a child. It, it was pretty good. I thought. Yeah. L- listen, like, this is the thing. Like, so you have to decide how you're going to do your TV show. So now we're getting into production elements of television versus film yeah. for television. Like, like I said, if you want to be intense, like a breaking bad or a Mad Men, that's fine. But there are certain people, um, especially with the breaking bad audience that you're just not going to get attracted to a show like that because they don't, they may have had a long day at work. They're going to sit yeah. down and watch something. And the last thing they want is to watch something yeah, that yeah. is literally keeping them tense the entire time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say, you know, that's not everybody. Um, and certainly you'll have plenty of people that want intense gripping kind of whatever. But this tells you that like this is trying to make it's Disney. Remember? So this is trying to make it more Disney like and trying yeah. to say, we want to make a show that everyone can watch. So this and, is more and, and of an not, episode. Not, not in a, not in a bad way. Right. Like, like in, Absolutely a, in a good not. way, in this, a positive way. This reminded me of the, some of the best times I have mate. And I'm always telling these stupid stories on the podcast, but some of the best times I had were Friday night, man. I, like I said, I didn't have any friends growing up, so no big deal. But I had my mom, right? And my mom would like do anything to be cool with me. You know, she she never wanted me to feel lonely. So on a Friday night, man, she would sit down and watch Friday the 13th, the series and <laughs> Star Trek Next Generation with me as like as of right every Friday night. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it really Friday the 13th, a bit different. Like we won't go into that show. I love that show, but it's it's not what I'm like getting to here. It was Star Trek The Next Generation. That was a show that like anybody could watch, you know what I mean? You didn't have to be a sci-fi nerd to to define it, to be a fun show to just sit and enjoy. And I think this is the same way. Like anybody could watch this episode and get the story. You're talking about the story of a small town village. That is, Ed's going to tell you what happens to them, but you know, they set the scene from the get go saying, you know what, grab your daughter, put her on your lap, you know, grab Mm. your son, sit down, watch this good old story about how classic, right? 
Yeah, it's it's it, but yeah, the, basically it's like the westerns. You know, yeah. all our parents used to watch. The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the the bad guys have rode into town. They've screwed everything up, and so now they need. You know, funnily enough, they need a bounty hunter. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that's Clint Eastwood right there. You know? <laughs> yeah, very true. No, yeah, Seven Samurai, so, Magnificent Seven. You know, just so like I, all I, that tradition. And I don't. I don't. I think that shows. You know, with with Bryce, that shows the large connection with Lucas. Lucas. And and I learned a bit more about this from watching the gallery, but you know Lucas has this love for old school yeah. stories. He loves the old samurai stories. Mm. He loves the old westerns. And you know what? All power to him. We probably need more of those to come back because they cheer people right the fuck up these days. You know mm. what I mean? Like mm. we've got too much you know postmodern stuff on TV that sometimes it just you know it's the Netflix syndrome that you just. Can't find anything uplifting to watch. All you can find is another documentary about somebody getting murdered. (laughs) (laughs) And now we have Disney. That's so true. (laughs) Now we have Disney Plus, which is giving us the oxygen supply. You know, it's saying, don't worry, folks. Don't worry. There's always Disney Plus. Let's uh, let's be honest. And I've, I've done it as well. Like, there is this pejorative feeling that people have when they talk about the Disney effect or Disneyfication or you know it's it's not it's not a, a the hip thing it's not the cool thing but yeah and i think that's part of the extent, problem yeah but to some extent like you're saying i think there's a place for it and it doesn't mean that it suddenly becomes bad you know content or bad bad storytelling no, i guess if that's you throw you know, some of it in you know i think that's and it's it's a great little discussion to have you because i think that's part of the problem is like we have become so postmodern that we look at something like disney and we think automatically it has to be crap because mm. it's not in your face and because it's not right, you know talking to about appeal how, to a lot of people you know? exactly because it's trying to be nice to people and it's trying yeah. to say that everybody can be included and it's right. like this is one of the major issues we have these days is that people are just so so like as i yeah. said you know, i'm going to get always i'm going to get a twitter troll to this or or a facebook troll to this to please be like do. you yeah, know please just Call just us. you know what i mean like people just need to calm down you know like trust me man the 80s were a good time and we're all all us millennials are now getting you know nostalgic about the 80s because that was a time when you had less to worry about it felt that way as kids mm-hmm. you know what i mean maybe it was just because we were children my, my parents said the same thing about the 50s and the 60s so i have a sure. feeling it's because back then we didn't think about all this stuff but you know nowadays it's like allow yourself man to put on a disney movie and enjoy it you know there's mm. nothing wrong with that there's yeah. nothing wrong with you know not thinking about every single aspect of something but i I guess i I like the balance in the mandalorian i think i think they get it just right i think so yeah i think you know it's not it's not quite the the, you know the lady in the tramp that i watched with my daughter right um, which isn't bad by any means but obviously is sanitized there's this is less sanitized and i think that's where i would be pretty vehement in defending disney on this one like they have let themselves be a little less, you know, a little sharper around the edges on this show. So mm. let them be, you know what exactly. I mean? Like they've, people they've, forget they've, that they've met, they've met the filmmakers in the middle. And I think, you know, the filmmakers need to do the same for, you know, the, the studio. That's right. I mean, I, I guess my whole point for this is I think the show benefits now from being a bit more Disney, from having an episode like this yeah. where, you know, I think, again, it's a deliberate choice to pick Bryce because yes. Bryce will have that background from being. And, and I, I'm not saying it's not on your own merits, Bryce. I think you, you directed this episode phenomenally. I think whatever else you're going to bring us is going to be cool. But the 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 background from Ron Howard from George Lucas, it's yeah. there. It's there in this it's episode. A, this legacy, feels like, isn't it? Yeah. like you said, it feels like an Ewoks episode. Yeah, and that's, does, that's not it? a bad thing. It's it's like we want an Ewoks episode because that's yeah. the one, you know, if my daughter wants to watch this, which I haven't yes. let her because she's she's only six, that's an episode. Like, so you can watch this episode. It's not so exactly, bad. Exactly, yeah. It, there's a lot of cuteness. There's a lot of like uh, kind of child-friendly stuff going on here. But we're still watching The Mandalorian. It's not a different show, which I think is brilliant testament to um the team that they put together it's it's a bit like it always reminds me a bit of return of the jedi like don't get me wrong return of the jedi of the three is probably the weakest of the three but man star wars fans will go ballistic now about how bad that film was and i'm like you know what when we were kids and we watched that we all loved that it was my favorite when i was a kid man exactly you know what's the other one that's like that indiana jones and the temple of doom like yes that's the hokey one where they have to do all the different things but you know what like just watch it and enjoy you know (laughs) yeah was for me too but it changes as i'm older 
older now. Now it's, yeah, you know, you Empire, Empire Strikes Back. And now it's, um, you know, Last Crusade. Or, you know, if, if you're the purist, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's that right. was always the best That's one. the OG. Nah, Last Crusade all the way. Sean Connery, man. Just, I did, oh. I did, I did love that. But, like, to this day, my brother, uh, like, he recites the, uh, the phrase that Amrish Puri uses in the Temple of Doom when he's trying oh, wow. to extract Indy's heart. He's like, Om Nam Shiva, Om Nam Shiva, Om Nam Shiva. More and my um, brother... More um, yeah, dum, yeah. Dum. Like, my brother to this day uses that to, like, Kalima! Shakti Shakti yeah. <laughs> We don't even know what that means, but we know, know. the words. Oh, brilliant. Anyway. Wow, that was a tangent, but that yeah. was fun, see, right? We're just like Disney. We're all about fun. So, um, after we've kind of met the villagers, we get uh, the amazing music in the intro. God damn it, I love it so much. Mm. Um, I would love it if you would put just a little snippet of the of of the song and then play just a little snippet of indiana jones mm-hmm. and and i can't think of the name of the track at the minute but they are mm-hmm. very similar i think really not not the main theme Another one. I'll send you a link and let's you, see. Are if you we talking can about like a dun, dun, the same, same, same temple of temple of doom stuff? I think so. Yes. Trust me, th- those melodies never come out of my head. That's probably where, where most music I ever wrote probably came from. You know, some some derivative. <laughs> but it'd be of interesting that. to put them next uh, next to each other. But anyway, okay, um, okay. So the the we find the Mandalorian on the ship with uh, the kid, and the kid is so adorable, man. Like, it's just messing around and hitting switches. And again, you know, you talked about it in the last episode where it's so clear that someone who has children is, is, is you know, writing those scenes mm. uh, because it feels so real, you know, in this fantastic setting. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, whereas, you know, Yoda was clearly, I don't care who, who says otherwise, but Yoda was clearly animatronic. Okay, he was he was great and he was awesome, but he was clearly a, a, a like a you know a, a character, yeah. a puppet. You know, yeah. like we never doubted that for five seconds. The voice was the Pope in the pool trick. So the way they got you around that is they gave him this really funny you know funny voice. He talks like the Japanese would talk yeah. because he puts his verbs at the end. Frank Koreans talk man. the same way. Frank yeah. amazing. So you know, so you have that, and now you've got. Kind of, I would say almost the antithesis with the child. The child is so lifelike. Like, mm. that's, it doesn't even have, you know, as I said, it's very strange that something with black eyes can be so expressive, but it is. Yeah. And it just generally behaves like a three year old kid. And yeah. it's much older than that. It's 50 years old, right? Yeah. But yeah. It, it, you know, it goes around like a little toddler. It's so cute. <laughs> um, and I think they're doing a, a very good job in, in those scenes. There's, there's no scene that feels like it, it could or should be cut like it you know they're they're developing their father-son bond you know even in that little scene of them finding a planet to try and like hide out in. yeah because i mean the, the other interesting thing is i mean the, the child of course doesn't speak so you have yeah. all this interaction and there's still never any dialogue i find that really interesting how well it works yeah, it shouldn't yeah. you know like yeah, yeah. you should want more there but yeah. it just, yeah, it's um, very impressive stuff. So he they come into him, town. Yeah, he, yeah calls no, him, he calls him Little Womp Rap, which I thought was absolutely <laughs> adorable. And it's just something I want on a T-shirt. <laughs> so sorry, go on. No, no, no. We were just, um, so yeah, so they, they end up landing on this kind of deserted. Do you know the name of the planet? I never remember yes. the names of the planets. Planet Sorgan. Sorgan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they land on planet Sorgan, um, and then, yeah, there's that really interesting bar scene, I think it's the first scene, right? Uh, yeah, so, so they, they come into land, and did you notice the, the variation on, on the theme that they used uh, in that scene? I did not, but thank that's you for pointing out that I should have. You know, that's, that's good. Really, yeah. really, really gorgeous um, uh, variation. Uh, and then we get uh, something which confused me a little bit. Um, in this scene and later on, in that it seems like the Yoda baby is able to, like, teleport or something. Like, he moves around, he's suddenly somewhere, and he just kind of appears out of nowhere, uh, which, obviously, you know, he's not teleporting, but I, I, I found it 
hard to understand how some something that's so little and when you do see it walk it's just kind of waddling is able to just be right next to him without him realizing stuff like i see that. yeah i i hadn't really i i, I think Briefly, I may have thought of that in my head. I, it wasn't as jarring to me as it sounds like it was for you, but yeah, um, yeah I don't know. It's just I think it's just how they cut the shots on that one because, like, the big one. Oh, excuse me, what are you on? Must be getting late over here. Um, the the big one that I remember is the one that's recapped because one of the other cool things I love about this show is at the end they have these stills that they like. They're not they're yeah. not like photo stills. They're like they're drawn stills. They're production oh, design drawings. It's just cool. It's, it's just cool. so it's awesome, so, isn't it? It's such a great idea to show the credits and to do that at the same time because then you want to watch the credits to see what the, what they do. Exactly. So one of the the production stills that they had or the production artwork that they had was him with the cat. So and and that's what I mean. Like I think sometimes they're just cutting to the important bit. So they're saying, okay, he's about to run into a cat. You want to see this because it's funny. And so that's when he sees that it's not really a cat. It's something that looks like a cat. Right. Uh, that I mean that's a little Easter egg as well because uh, it's a Lotha cat, okay. which is has only ever been seen in animation. Uh, I see. In in Rebels, and to actually see it kind of in live action is actually kind of cool. I, I got to say, but yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, the yeah. So the cantina, the bar, uh, very cool scene. It felt very D and D to be honest. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, it was good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Dungeon Master Eddie. I'm pretty sure every bar ends up looking looking kind of like the same tavern to you after a while. True. <laughs> True. Four uh, adventurers walk into a bar. <laughs> uh, and uh, we get to meet lovely Gina for the first time. Um, Gina who, Carano. Uh, the Mando um, is, like, thinks that she might be after him. Uh, they end up getting into a bit of a fight, a good old-fashioned brawl mm-hmm. uh, that ends with a really great gag uh, where they're kind of both pointing blasters at each other. And then you hear, like, almost like through a straw, like sipping. And they turn and it's Baby Yoda, you know, yeah. drinking, drinking its soup. It's you want some broth. soup? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> want Just some soup? Really, really, really great uh, gag. No, that's what I mean. And, and, and see, the whole tone of this is so soft and gentle. Aside from, because even you have that big brawl there, but it's an MMA brawl. Like, yeah. Gina Carano sh- showing off some of her moves there. Yeah. Um, you know, doing some of that jujitsu there, and and it it never gets too ugly. You know what I mean? You're, at first, you know, it definitely has that initial jolt that you're like, "Oh crap, is this going to go ballistic all of a sudden?" Because you're not quite sure why the fight, but pretty soon you realize that like it's not nothing in this is going to get too crazy. Yeah. And then yeah, you end with that just hilarious little bit with him being like, <laughs> "Hello, <laughs> so Good adorable." Yes, he, um, he is. So then we learn a little bit about uh, Gina Carano's character. Her name's Cara Dune. She's basically an ex-rebel who kind of couldn't let go of the war uh, and uh, just kind of wanted to get away from stuff. Uh, pretty cool trope of a character. Uh, and again, she, she's there to, you know, kick butt. And I think she does that throughout the episode. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's a shock trooper. So, you know, if, you, if you're going military style, and, and this is written by Americans, so I will fill in. Shock troopers are always Marines. So in, in our army, that, those are our, like, our Marines are our a scariest of dudes, I would say, and dudettes. Like, they are the ones you throw in first because they are brutal. And that's the kind of character she plays. And I thought they did that really well, to be honest, because if you know Marines, and, and I do, one of my best friends back home is a Marine, um, you know, they they just have a certain way to them. They're very, not vicious per se, but they're down for anything. And, you know, in a fight, they are probably the most useful people because they're shock troopers. They come in first and they kind of loosen everybody up to get ready for the infantry to come in. So mm. I thought she played into that really well. Um I, I was a bit more confused and maybe you could explain like what you said because you were talking about her passion for still wanting to fight the war. I couldn't quite figure out what she had done mm. afterwards. I, it's like, were you working for the imperialists or were you working right. for the rebels? It sounds like you did something, but I didn't yeah. quite pick up on that part. Uh, so it's, it's a little bit of exposition, which is actually setting things up for later okay. in the series, which is interesting, but it's very subtle. Uh, and she basically says that after Endor, um, they basically had to run around trying to fight against different warlords. Mm. Um, Imperial guys who had kind of kept their little corner of the empire together and were somewhat of a threat. So they went around doing that. And then after some more time, she said that 
um, she was uh, just a bodyguard and not really doing what she was good at and what she'd yeah. signed up for. Do you know what I mean? No longer a soldier. Yeah, exactly. Which, again, it's a cool trope. We've seen it, uh, you know, before in movies and TV shows. Well, I guess that's the point I was... I, the other thing I was going to say is, like, we've seen something similar, but I was... I think I talked about you when we talked about maybe doing this podcast. So like, it's so refreshing to get some of the filler that needed to be there about you know, the, basically the, the war with the empire. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's yeah. so many things you're like, well, what about this? And what about yeah. this? And then you expected some of them to be addressed in the force awakens or, or in that trilogy. And right. again, I'm not crapping on that trilogy, but I'm, I'm, you know, we should have were... a special segment, which is just reserved for ragging on, on all no, the sequels. No, but that's no, what I, I mean. I really, just, I love the force awakens. Like I was so yeah, yeah, stoked after yeah. that. And, and last Jedi and, yeah. and never but mind retrospectively, about you do start but, to see, but you just, for some reason yeah. you were like, why haven't they told me anything about what? And to be fair, I play the video games and stuff too. And even then right. you still don't get a lot. I guess that was a problem for so long. Star Wars was only telling one story. It was yeah. like, these are the Jedi and this is what they do. And it's like, yeah, but they exist in this massive galaxy. Like I am sure there are other, characters and other things that are interesting and i just feel like this is the first time you're getting to see some of that yeah so because you know we've never you know you never met a shock trooper before you know you're like well what did you do and it's like oh that's pretty cool so i'm sorry and i know i'm going on a bit of rant about it i just no i completely agree it was so cool to me to just get a little it's the same thing i like the mandalorian about it's because i'm getting that little bit extra about the world it's not the jedi it's not this uber happy plasticine world it's this kind of you know, this is how it is. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so going back to uh, the synopsis, uh, our extended synopses. Yeah. Um, so then uh, he decides, okay, well, we got to go because you know someone's here um, who's hiding out. We don't want to attract too much attention. And he goes back to his ship, and uh, he's approached by two of the farmers mm-hmm. that we saw in the cold open. Yeah. Again, Eugene, you're killing me, man. Where have I seen you? God damn it. I'm kicking myself while I'm <laughs> maybe, watching maybe this. Maybe he'll leave a comment on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, if you, you're watching this, Eugene, tell, uh, him, tell him where you've been, buddy. We'll put yeah. you in one of our films. Because, yeah, man, I, I, again, every time I've seen him, I thought it was really funny. And that's why I just couldn't stop thinking about where, where I'd seen him before. But anyway, mm. essentially what we do is we get a uh, classic... A story of the Western of the samurai, which is a village needs help. They go with what little money they've got. They hire someone who will come and help. It's I mean, the part right, right? of the it Three does, Amigos, which is yeah. one of our favorite all-time uh, films. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My little Santo, buttercup. San, Santo Poco. Come <laughs> to the village of Santo Poco. The infamous... <laughs> Infamous? What does that mean? Oh, it means, it means he's you're famous. more than famous. You are <laughs> infamous. <laughs> so that's that's where my mind went to uh, in this uh, little negotiation. But eventually, <laughs> they convince him to uh, come and help out this remote village, uh, and he decides, "Hey, let me go grab um, Kara, who can you know take care of herself." And she might want to, you know, make some money out of this or a place to hide out. So, yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's really good camaraderie between the two of them. And it's, and it's just camaraderie. The other thing I liked is they didn't try to make it like a 50th love interest. It yes. was like, no, this is my battle so partner. True. You know? I hadn't thought about that. So true. And it's, it's just, it's, 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 it's nice to see that in a modern world. It used to be, you know, 10 years ago that, you know, she would have probably just been another love interest because it was like you couldn't put a girl on the screen without her needing to be right. one or the other. Right. Um, and this is just so much better that way because, you know, they're brothers in arms, yeah. sisters in arms, as it were. Siblings in arms. Yes, there we go. <laughs> uh, so then we get, uh, you know, they travel back to the village and we get a bit more of this, uh, you know, this is the way kind of stuff. Um, explanations about uh, their traditions, about removing their helmets and things like that. What, what did you think about that? 
Yeah, I mean, the the whole because because we can fast the whole middle bit right here. So this yeah. is your act two, as it were, in the, in the in the show. Your act two is a complete slowdown. Like the yeah. whole idea is they are slamming the brakes on. And I like when they do this. If you like sci fi, sci fi shows tend to do this when you land on the world, because what they'll do is they'll spend either the beginning act or the middle act just on that world. Kind of like you get to see their culture. They yeah. get to learn a bit about your culture. It's a culture exchange. Yeah, and so yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah, you have that. You have you see this very simple farming village, which is, you know, as quaint and as, as much as we love it. Same reason we love the hobbits. Same mm-hmm. reason you love, you know, simple people are always beloved because I think all of us have that want to not be so complicated and to have life as, as, as it were there. Some people go on, you know, communes just to do those kind of things. True. But So you learn a little bit about where they come from. The and, simple and life, right? The simple life. But you don't need to know too much about them right, because it's right, not right. that important. What you have do you get seen... to learn about is. Yeah. No, no, all I was going to say is what it does is it opens the door for exposition about Mando and Mm -hmm. kind of that discussion, his internal struggle Mm -hmm. with the simple life, because there is a part of him. And this is the first time you really see that. Um, but it, it it bookends well with his love for the child. Yeah. Like there's a part of him that is a very normal, natural guy. Like mm. he just wants to be, you know, your average dad in or or family dude and settle down. And you know that's 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 what it's all about, right? But but he's a believer, he, right? He has like this kind of burning belief in the way, right? This yes, yes, and that's why that middle bit, I think, just works so well. And, it, it, you know, it, it's not all in the middle. So you're going to have the middle, and then you're going to have this end bit, which Eddie will talk about in just a second. Mm. And then you have the final part, which kind of closes the ends of right. the things that were opened in that second act. But some of the things that I would I would point out that I thought were particularly memorable about the exposition piece, yeah. um, the biggest one that I, I mean, I wanted to ask you about this, Eddie, because I, I wasn't sure whether I was seeing it wrong or mm. whether we're supposed to see it so big, but there is the scene when he takes the food and he watches the children play and he takes off his helmet and he's yeah. never supposed to do that. Right. So what, what, yeah. The first time I saw it, I was like, the kids are right there. Surely they can see him. Um, but I, I think that the point is, and this is excellent uh, showing rather than telling. Um, like, and, and they do say a little bit of telling earlier because she asks him, when did you last take your helmet off? And he says, yesterday. Yesterday. Right. And then she says, what about the last time you were like in front of someone? And he says, I wasn't much older than the kids outside. Um, and I think that's, it, it's supposed to be saying that, yes, they, they take them off, but it's a question of like, I, 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 and I hope I don't take us on too much of a tangent, but I do equate it a little bit to religious fervor. Right, whether it's uh, wearing uh, a yarmulke or uh, uh, you know, like uh, some some uh, Muslim countries. Oh, I was about to say you're really dancing around this. It's 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 a bit like a burqa, you know. Yeah. So yeah. so you know, if you know Muslim families, then then when the women are home, um, and 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 I I don't have you know a ton of Muslim friends, but know enough about you know the culture. When women are home with their families, obviously they can take that off and, you know, they're allowed to be that way. Um, And that's what I mean. Like, it's the same concept. It's like, when I'm on my own, it's fine. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, Um, you know, like, I'm okay to have it off, you know, when when no one's watching because it's not... It's I, I do it for my modesty, right. you know, and yeah. in this case, it's doing it for the Mando modesty, which is kind of to show like show solidarity warrior, with right? the other. Uh, yeah, the, show the solidarity girl. with his brothers. And this and, is the and, way. And that's why I really like it, because it, it feels grounded in a reality, something that you kind of, you know, recognize from from the real world in, in some way, even if it's not exactly the same. Well, it's it's an important filmmaking point. You know, I was I was um, you know, my wife has gotten very involved in this one minute short we're doing because I, I, as I said, she's gotten quite excited about what we're doing. I think understands how much fun it can be to put a film together. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, when when you're dealing with with people who don't make films into like teaching them how, you know, this is funny that I'm teaching anyone anything, but trying to talk about at least how you make a film like some people want to do things that are completely new, original and like you know, and my wife is definitely not someone that's been banging on about this, but 
the arguments you can have are, are with people talking about like, well, no, that's been done before, or that's the same as that. Like everything in film is like that. You have to, because if you show something completely new to someone, they have to have a frame of reference of which to know what they're looking at. So that's how they do it here. You know, they're just saying, listen, you know, religious groups that have to keep their face masks on and stuff like that. Same concept here. And I think it's simple. It's easy. It's not belabored by any means. You know, I think you're right. He says like three words about it. I just noticed that he took it off and it was like, wow, like that's that's the first time we've seen that. So a little bit of a little bit of peaking. Um, And the funniest thing is, if you want to see what Pedro Pascal looks, don't try looking at the documentary. It was really funny. He appears for five seconds in um, Disney galleries and they quickly shoot to something else. And I was so mad because I knew they did it because I don't really want you to know what he looks like. You know what I mean? I it's was like, such oh, a son. weird, it's such a weird, massive hit of a character to be playing because, you know, often for an actor, the appeal is the fact that it's going to give them loads. Everybody's going to know who you are. Like, yeah. coolest thing for this guy is he can walk down the street and people will be like, who's that? The closest I can think of is like yeah, Andy Serkis or someone who, you know, does like mocap or or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's a thing with Circus. I think when he started, it was like that. I mean, now he's huge, right? Yeah, like yeah, Andy yeah. Andy Circus, you know what I mean? Like he directs, he does all this stuff yeah, now. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. he's so recognizable. But yeah, I think when he started, it was kind of nice to be like, I'm Gollum, but no one but, knows. But that. it's interesting because I I I bet that. Um, the extras in the Lord of the Rings that you and I have waxed lyrical about how mm. much we love them and, and all that. Yeah, like, yeah. I bet that that was one of the first opportunities that a lot of people got to see, you know, what he looked like. Definitely. I mean, I, I feel like I know him a little bit, not like met him, know him, but know what he's like, because obviously in the Hobbit extras, he is the first AD. Right. And so he spends a lot of time, you know, again, if you guys oh, that's ever wanna... interesting. He was first AD on the Hobbit. Yes, yes, oh, that was his. That was his. That was his first directing job. Was on the Hobbit. Wow. So see, I, I, I um, want to watch the extras on the Hobbit. One oh, day you've got to you see, together. guys. Guys, as I said, if if you got free time on your hands and God knows with COVID nineteen, we all got a little bit, right? You know, don't go to film school. Either go to nofilmschool dot com. That 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 site's always got tons of stuff that you can yeah. read that will teach you about stuff. But honestly. Go to the Lord of the Rings, go to the Hobbit, watch the behind the scenes. Everything you really could think of about making a big budget film is discussed in there. And <laughs> yeah, honestly, like check out the Disney Gallery. I know we've talked about it already. Oh, but God so damn good. It. So good. Like, he, had to, he had to tell you, me yeah. a couple of times because I was just like, I don't really need the behind the scenes stuff. But this is this is behind the scenes done right there. They've definitely geared it towards people who want to know about making film. You know what I mean? And stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. So, you know, from there, it's kind of interesting. And, and because we've got about 10 minutes left on the podcast, I'm going to speed us up a little bit yep. because the funniest thing about this is the action sequence that takes place next. So they, you know, you have basically, you know, the villagers have to be saved. So we have our villager montage, yep. which is, I love, I love how they're not afraid in this show to just throw in a montage. I know, like, like no fear. I like, no I, fear. If they, they know, threw in the music, it's a montage. Exactly. Like, they would, know that we know surprised. what they're doing, but yeah. they're like, you know what? We've got, we've got to kill time here quickly. So we don't have time for you to see just how long it's going to take to train <laughs> these villagers. Well, no, We're training it, them up. It, it's funny because... Because uh, I remember, I, I wanted to say this earlier when we were talking about it, but have you seen The Last Samurai, the Tom Cruise uh, movie? I have, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and, I hate and to admit this, I liked it. No, me too. <laughs> but what this episode does so well is it compresses like a lot of stuff that was perhaps <laughs> completely unnecessary in The Last Samurai and gives well, you a 40-minute, like, just nice, compact version of that. That's the thing. I mean, the last samurai. You know, we were, we were talking before this about people who Tom state Cruise, things, yeah. and, 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 and well, we were talking about Tom Cruise, but in general about crazy people in the world. And I, unfortunately, the last samurai, as much as I join it, will always remain. And I I might sound too woke with this, so I apologize oh, if no, I do. No, but no, it I'm is, with you. Yeah, it's so whitewashed. Like, Lightsaber. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. you cannot <laughs> entitle the last samurai, especially when it has isn't Chow Yun Fat in that? And you're like, wait, isn't Chow Yun Fat? Shouldn't he be the last samurai? <laughs> but then you're like, no, no wait, uh, he's Chinese. No, no, no. <laughs> it's um, it's Ken Watanabe who's in it. Oh, okay, uh, so it is actually Japanese Chow-Yun man. Fat. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it was just, but yeah, I mean, I remember watching. I had he's the DVD. Chinese. It was just. It could have been right because it was yeah, like they yeah, just. Yeah. 
This yeah. is all about like, well, Tom Cruise going to save those Japanese because man, those samurais don't have a damn clue yeah. what they're doing. You're yeah. like, are you fucking takes, kidding? There's takes there's a white samurai. man to come up and show these samurais. Like, g- give me, give me your guy every day. The one from Big Trouble in Little China, because yeah. you know, like that is yeah, just the so incompetent uh, white dude. Yeah, yeah, the incompetent but overconfident white guy. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. Like yeah. I, you know, we're not going to get into that. But you know what I mean? Like Jack that's Burton. perfect. That works. Absolutely. Jack, give me more Jack Burtons. That's all. Not not uh, last samurais. <laughs> So, but yeah, so we have our montage and then yeah. we have, like, we have, it's a cool battle scene. I'm not yeah. saying it's not a cool battle scene, but it's, it's quite inconsequential, if I'm honest. It's not anything new. It's not oh, anything. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to strongly disagree there. Good. Well, let's hear you, dude. This is okay. your chance. Shine. Shine. So, shine like a diamond. I, I, I shine bright like a diamond. Um, <laughs> so I, I completely understand what you're saying that, that, you know, they're not reinventing the wheel here. However. I have never seen uh, a walker shot in the way that this walker was shot. The ATST, which is uh, a vehicle that we've seen in since the original trilogies, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, particularly in like Endor, the Ewoks just like mashing on 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 those chicken walkers. They look like chickens, basically. And mm-hmm. um, I thought that that this was a brilliant bit of uh directing uh in making this one thing that we've seen you know little teddy bears like take out and make seem made of plywood and make it this monster make it like something akin to the t-rex in jurassic park okay uh with its sound design with the the red light in the in the cockpit the fact that it's dark I thought that that was a stroke of genius. Cool. No, I, I, you know, I hear you. And I definitely like how they, they definitely try to make it more menacing than it's ever been before, because you've seen these things a million times and all of a sudden yeah. they're like, but it'll kill all of you. And then you're like, well, wait a second. Nobody says that in Return of the Jedi. Like, right. they're but that again, deadly? Because, because we never met a shock trooper, right? No, like, no, no. In, it's, in, and, in, and in it's any all of those films, like Star Wars tend- is notoriously sanitized violence. You know what I mean? It's like how many yeah. stormtroopers die per per shot. And although, so, I, the- seriously, to this day, in the Return of the Jedi, when that Ewok dies, like I get, I get like teared up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to record that and make that my my ringtone. Wait, this is why I'm your brother from another mother. Oh no, you're recording it. I'm gonna I'm gonna. Yeah, that's we've already recorded it three times now because we are recording right now. But mate, that's hilarious. As I said, go back to my childhood. That's all I did was watch TV movies. You know, as I said, it was 37 by the time I figured out. Hey, maybe I should try making some of these films. Maybe I, I know a thing or two. You okay, know, so um, so you, so I understand what you're saying, but I, I do think that <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. It does. It's only because there's so many moments that Eddie and I have. We never knew each other before Korea, okay? I know. But sometimes it does feel like we grew up in the same house. Seriously, like man. we have all these moments that we just oh, knew God. about each other. Um, yeah, so I guess my qualms, you know, Jason's qualms, I have qualms about everything. So, and yeah. I'm not trying to be difficult on this yeah, one, but yeah. it was to me the same usual sequence. It was Fair montage, enough. montage the villagers, bring yeah. in the ATAT, which definitely I, I love. Like you said, they, they've definitely expanded on what is this thing and why yeah. is it so deadly? And yeah. they definitely made it more realistic because it's like, no, this is a big towering tank that shoots big lasers like yeah, yeah, it could yeah. kill everybody if it wanted right. to and it's that's like why at the beginning, up against the tank right like that's right and it's why gina carano is like you all just need to leave like why yeah. would you want to fight this thing <laughs> but the news, problem guys. is gotta get out of here <laughs> yeah and they're like no we have to and this is the problem like the problem is that story the one that that's being told in this never changes and it can't change because otherwise right. it wouldn't be the same so right. you know if, if all the villagers move down the road then there wouldn't be anything left to talk about would there so yeah. in this one you have to have like the rocky comeback and it just i'm so yeah. sick of seeing it it was like no i that's 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 a fair comment <laughs> you know what i mean it was like okay the villagers are getting whacked yeah a couple are gonna die the red shirts are gonna die you know the ones that we didn't the ones we didn't know about out no they don't even get a death sequence this time it's just <laughs> boom they're gone and then all of a sudden oh look we can make it trip into the water i'm like really really like it doesn't seem to notice that it, it doesn't take the step to begin with but now it's gonna watch itself and oh no gina That's carano's right. just managed to trick it by shooting yeah. it in the eye like there's still yeah you're right you, and 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 this is where i i guess you're rubbing uh, off on me a little bit but there were a couple of times where I was like, hmm, that's convenient. 
Like yes. he has he has that like <laughs> magical tracking footsteps um predator no, no, no. You've, view. you've done it fine you've made you know? magoo hum that's all that happens i'm still enjoying myself i still love the episode and still like yeah, having yeah, a great time yeah, yeah. but the sound that will come out of my mouth is hmm <laughs> <laughs> no do the other sound please uh, all right if i do it too much i'm gonna that's lose it man let's... no that's i'm i'm using that as my ringtone from now on very man. good <laughs> So, so we have that, and then obviously the end comes about. In the five minutes, we have to wrap up the show. <laughs> the yeah, end yeah, comes yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It's absolutely fine. Let's say we talk about episode by episode. So the end comes about, and, and the ending is important because there's a big decision that is made based on the plot coming back in. So why don't you walk us through that, Eddie? Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the day is saved. Um, the, the bandits are kind of sent packing and... Uh, basically, um, it's a happy ending, and like all good happy endings, uh, I always think about Shane, the Western Shane, when I think about this. But mm. you know, the, the 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 gunslinger has to head off into the sunset. He can't remain and stay happy, but he decides that he's going to leave the child there with um, this lovely woman that he's met um who, who nearly nearly you know nearly gets him because he was he was all about two seconds before the helmet comes off yes yeah, yeah there was there was a moment of like he was he was thinking with his other mandalorian for just with a second his other helmet <laughs> um uh, cara dune also says to him like what what's wrong with you like no one's gonna come and kill you if you take it off and just live a comfortable life now there. to be to be fair being a happily married man with a beautiful daughter and you know as i said COVID 19 aside like living mm. the dream at my house right now i was with with her i was like what are you doing dude like <laughs> check up here yeah. check up here and eat shrimp the rest of your life man it's Hell a yeah, good man. life <laughs> and that, that that shit makes alcohol i think so you know yeah <laughs> um yeah I, I mean it was weird coming from her as someone who just couldn't let go of like the fighting and had to you know, find more fighting. Mm, uh, but mm. anyway, uh, and whilst he's telling her, look, I'm, I'm going to leave the child here. And she says, I will treat him as if he were one of my own. Um, meanwhile, a bounty hunter, another bounty hunter with a fob that we've seen is our signal for this guy's after the child, mm. um, appears and gets the child in his crosshairs which was a very tense moment for like, I remember watching it for the first time and be like, no, no. And of course they do exactly what you expect them to do. Uh, and yet it was still satisfying. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like this, by doing the intro, the way they did, they've let, you know, tropes, beware, beware. We're going to put loads of tropes in here because the opening is a trope and you're mm. like, okay. And that's the thing. They've given you three episodes of pretty high level action drama Plots, and explain, yeah. yeah, explain to you that this isn't going to be your everyday story. So I think like, like you said, and, and like we've talked about, they're able to put on the brakes here and say, but let's put you in a traditional story and show you how cool this can be. So this is the thing. Like, I don't really have any complaints about this. episode. it's a good final thought as we, we wrap this up. Like, I love this episode. It's a story. It's a simple story. It's being told well. It mm -hmm. uses things you've seen six million times throughout, you know, film and TV. But at the end of the episode, you know, when they get on the, you know, they do what you would think they would do. They get on the spaceship and they shoot off for another planet. You're like, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And, and again, a great, great episode. Very good. Very good. Well, I think that's all the time we're actually going to have for today, guys, because that's, that's a full hour. I know hour that right last there. time we, we did say we were going to discuss something, so yes, we're going to push that to the next one. Push, yeah? it, push, push it to the next one, because it was a good question. I just can't remember what it is, and I'm still supposed to tell you about the connection I see between the Mando and Baby Yoda, the child, and how this connects to the, to the original prequel and to the... To the, the, the you know, it's all connected. It's all it's connected. All connected. I, I will, I will give you my rant one of these days. But for now, thank you very much for listening to yet another episode of What Are You Guys Talking About? You can check us out again on SoundCloud as our main platform where you can like, subscribe, comment, do all those wonderful things. You can also check us out on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else. If there is a particular area that we're not showing you that you want us to, drop me a message on one of the many social media platforms we have. You can find us on 
Facebook with Jason Chiro or Edward Burgos or the Law of Victoria page there. Or you can go to Instagram with a Nano LVP or Jazzy J. Chiro. Or you can find us on LinkedIn. We have the, uh, the, the company page, which is a very official looking company page because it's LinkedIn. And also my personal profile. You can catch us at Twitter. It's the best way to get us with messages and stuff at, at, uh, at Mouth Love Victoria or at Anano Prod. Um, I'm sorry, Ananaski Prod. Or finally, the best way, obviously, is to check out our website. That's where the production company lives, breathes, and is home. www.lovevictoriaproductions.com. As I said, all you have to do is click the contact form if you need to get a hold of us for anything. It sends an email straight to me, and then we can talk about whatever you would like to talk about. So thank you very much for can listening. I, uh, can I tell you something that I learned? What did you learn, Ed? I learned because it's Jason A. Shiro on Facebook. Mm. Yes. And I learned that we share a middle name. Is your middle name Anthony? It's one of them, yeah. I see. Very cool. So, to give you the, the funnier story of why I'm, my middle name is Anthony, I was originally supposed to be Tony Jr. Because my father is, well, everyone calls him Tony. That's Unfortunately, so my mother did not want me to have that name. So, she said, no, he's going to be named Jason instead. Um, my dad said that it was okay, and so then my middle name was made Anthony. The funny thing about me being Tony Jr. is Tony's not actually my dad's name. My dad's real first name is Benjamin, but no one has ever called him that. So I know, my stepdad's name is not Edward. Which Interesting. Would, it's, it's Thomas, but of course, uh, everyone has always called him Edward, and just to I, yeah, make my life just, more difficult. I, you know, I, I, I appreciate stuff like that because I'm like, I'm not sure how it happens with my father. Like, I don't really know anyone who ever called him. He's really funny because he's a bit of a bullshit artist like I am. So sometimes he'll try to tell you like, oh, yeah, people call me Benjamin now. And you're like, no, they don't, Dad. No one's ever called you Benjamin <laughs> in your life. You know what I mean? We do have an Uncle Benny. He has an uncle who's named Benny. But that's you know different person altogether. So at any rate, thank you all very much for listening. And of course, we have a crazy story at the end for you, um, where the you. two An- the two Anthony's have given you their uh, secrets about their names. Um, right. But catch us out next time. We'll be doing episode five. I don't have the name of the episode, but it's going to be freaking awesome. I have seen this one, and it is excellent. Another good adventure for us to go are on. Are you are so- you caught up with uh, with all the episodes and everything like that? Uh, no, I mean, I haven't watched the whole series. So no, I've, oh, I watched up to the next exciting. episode. Yeah, I watched up to the next episode. And then I stopped because I wanted to watch the last three yeah, kind yeah. of for the show. And so we'll do it that way. So with that in mind, we will catch you next time on What Are You Guys Talking About? And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Peace. Thank you. Bye bye.